0: Now for something completely different.
1: Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet
0: and into your ears
2: mm. Hello and welcome to Shout Out, I'm Andy Sheldon And I'm Steffi Barnett This week we time travel to the Roaring Twenties uh, Jonathan David Holmes shares the sounds of the Nancy Boy era We have a plethora of
1: exquisite vintage vinyl uh, For your delightful delicatation designed for your elegant
2: ears <laughs> I said that <laughs> uh, you, uh, you did <laughs> Do you want to do a take two? Oh And a pop-up crew story from Ez <laughs> looking back at those hedonistic Twenties <laughs> uh, all today right here on Shout Out
3: bom, 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 bom. Bom,
1: bom, bom. Yeah, I thought that I would trip you up. I rehearsed that, <laughs> that as was well that Very was, uh, well
3: bred by both of you I like it <laughs> Did you, you used to see that um, program
2: that was mm. on in the sixties and seventies where they? used to you go think the, I, uh... the, <laughs> No, no, no. But it was repeated. I'm saying they were in an old theatre and they all dressed up from people in the good old and, days. Uh, yeah the good old days. The Good old days. It was called the guy who ran that with the gabble. He used to talk. In, in they did the the sort of master the of ceremonies. Language. I mean, the original MCs yeah.
3: It's where the word yeah. MC comes from, is master of ceremonies, yeah. and they were obviously all men, and they would speak in this exaggerated, even for the Victorian era, mm. an exaggerated, legendary legerdemain and all this kind of yeah. ooh, stuff. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Do that again, legendary <laughs> Ledger domain. <laughs> There's a character in Doctor <laughs> Who speaks like it in, the, in an old episode. That's why I got that yeah.
1: I mean, I have to say, out of all of us, you probably get the most tongue twisters with some of the names of people and places that we do in the news. Well, overseas
3: we? stuff, especially yeah. you know, when we have names from China or, or mm. India or something. How do you make? How do you make sure you're pronouncing it right? He you, gives them, them to Matthew up up to read. <laughs> 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 you have exposed me
1: on local radio. I think Matthew's there. Are you there, Matthew? <laughs> I am. <laughs> yes. Yes.
3: Of course, okay, uh, Matthew. I, the, now, uh, <laughs> our colleagues over at the BBC of course they actually have a pronunciation department don't they they have
4: a, they have a pronunciation
3: unit that yeah, is correct yeah so all their news readers know how to uh say things I mean, how to speak proper yeah
4: it's called a database <laughs> <laughs> now look, I'm rummaging around in my cupboard here Andy, and, I've got this Perhaps see, this bit of sellotape could act as like a denture fixative <laughs> 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 That's what hey, you need you, you might need it this week
1: I did, I, honestly, I practised that Although I did only spot it five minutes before we were going on air I'm like, oh,
4: Steph <laughs>
1: <laughs> Still So anyway, yeah, Roaring Twenties this week
3: I'm looking forward yeah. to yeah. that. Yeah. Lots of roaring twenties.
1: Um, very interesting period.
3: Fred. Very interesting period. Yep, this
2: indeed. And, and we've got a brand new track coming up as well from Richard Palmer. Um, all um, proceeds are going to THT. Yes, oh, wow. coming up on think, the show on I, um, first week in Feb. I think I saw him um, promoting it on Facebook Test. earlier. He, so. he was. Yes, I think he was really excited.
1: I, uh, just a little bit. Yeah. Hello, Richard. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard uh, do you know are we technically in the roaring twenties ourselves now because it is twenty. Yeah, Something
3: 20s, what? the, uh, it, the
2: well, they 20s? reckon. Well, they reckon it could be a Roaring Twenties again after we come out the pandemic.
3: Well, a time of great social change well, and liberalisation. Well, because the First World, and... World War the
2: original, um, calls the mm. original it a Roaring Twenties, and they did. were saying we could have another Roaring Twenties from 2023. Oh. Well, let's hope we That's don't have
3: to go you. through a war to get it. That's <laughs>
2: well,
1: you that remember remembering, too, as well. <laughs> yes, thank you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Love you, too, sweetie, Done. <laughs> <bum. laughs> Oh dear
2: Yes Still, indeed. Yeah. No, And uh, yeah. Queer,
1: Queer Street's on Roaring Twenty as well isn't it
2: It is the whole programme mm. um, um, Except we got a track from LP One of our new ones called Goodbye uh, I like LP And this brand new one called Raise Your Flag High um, mm. From from Richard
3: Raise Your Rainbow Flag High Yeah it's rainbow. a good yeah. track yeah. It's going to oh, be a
1: pride anthem Speaking of which congratulations to Darren Oh yes he collected, collected his, his, his MBE, his, uh, MBE Yes, yes. <gasps> Uh, Wonderful yeah. um, well, was, I think it was yesterday actually but, um, well, yeah. Yes very well detailed. He went to yes. Winter Castle He did didn't he? yeah, yeah. 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 Um, He did post up He ended up talking to some Other people who were getting theirs And I forget uh, they, they were famous people And I'm like oh my god well, So who's Darren uh, well, you, you Are you Darren? Stuff. Yes uh, We love Darren <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Anyway cool um, Well shall we uh, head on Into the Roaring Twenties Yes uh, I think not, we should why not? Cool um, uh, You're listening to Shout Out Back in a minute <laughs>
4: shout out lgbt radio for you the shout out podcast
2: we've never ever looked at being gay or trans in music well we're just about to change that Jonathan Holmes is with me, and uh, BBC sound recordist who <laughs> you're good at your sound.
5: <laughs> I've, been, I've been enjoying your microphone actually on the table, so it's, it's been quite fun watching how that works.
2: Right, music, now you are a collector. Yes, of um, records. Mm. Now, are they seventy eights? I guess. I yes, they are. Yeah. So, please tell me you have an old HMV <laughs> record player with the handle.
5: I've got a Columbia machine, actually. Columbia one o nine. I think it was made about nineteen twenty nine. So HMVs are generally a bit more expensive uh, gramophones from that period, and it was the Columbia gramophone actually got me started in record collecting. Ah, so I have okay. it on display in my front room and oh. uh, it's a nice little display piece, and I get it out every now and again when visitors come round. Yeah. Oh, you
2: mean it's not out all the time?
0: No, well, yeah. it's, it's
5: on display, but it's just static, you know, it's, right. it's, yeah, I don't want to upset the neighbours too much, it can be rather loud. Yeah. So, um, yes, it, it's, a, it's a lovely little machine, and um, yeah, I guess it's the iPod of its day, really.
2: Now we've just come off the back of one of the first tracks out mm. like of three that we're going to be playing. Yes. 78s obviously you can't buy anymore.
5: No, sadly the fact not. That these come
2: from the Roaring Twenties. Yeah. Now, this followed the First World War, it was mm-hmm. called the Great War until the Second World War started, and yep. it? it was during the First World War. But after that, it seemed the world went crazy mm. and became so free, and it was a good time
5: to be, to be gay. I always find the 1920s kind of particularly interesting because it was a period of, of kind of great experimentation I guess and, and sort of reversal in traditional kind of gender roles and, and the norms that society kind of set down before you.
6: So for example if you were
5: a woman in the 1920s it was very fashionable for you to have a very kind of flat chested dress and all the, all the dresses were kind of cut in that way that kind of eliminated the kind of traditional sort of female figure. And you'd have a very kind of short crossed, like bob haircut. And likewise, if you're a man, for example, you may start experimenting with a bit of, of rouge or, or sort of makeup or, or lipstick or whatever to kind of accentuate maybe a bit more sort of feminine features. And, and it, you know, if you were rich and you had money in the 20s and, and you know, you happened to be gay or bisexual or lesbian or whatever, you, it, it was genuinely a sort of period of experimentation for you. And obviously, this was all still very, very legal. And you know, this is still the era, era of, of kind of people being, uh, you know, splashed on newspapers and outed, and, and they would have their careers and their lives destroyed because they'd be sent to prison for indecent acts and all that kind of thing. Um, but you know, if you knew the right people and the, the right sort of uh, connections, I think it was probably quite possible for you to live as an out person in the in the relatively free um, era of the 1920s. Hmm. Now, some of the terminology they use...
2: Yes. Um, it's dated. It's, it's so dated today, yeah, like The word fairy.
5: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And, and, and gay, the idea of sort of, you know, you saying, I'm gay, will not really exist. Because first of all, you say, I'm homosexual. Mm. And you wouldn't say that anyway, because you don't admit it to anyone. Yeah. So so they'd often use terms like, like fairies or, um, you know, queer. Again, queer wasn't even a word, because... Queer in the twenties just meant meant strange. Yes. And, and yes. I found that strange. when oh, I brought my meant happy. Yes. Yeah. When I brought my <laughs> gramophone home to my grandma for the first time, she was like, "Oh, you know, it's exciting." And then she would talked about how she'd seen some queer neighbors the other day, and she didn't mean she'd seen some gay neighbors. She meant she'd seen strange neighbors. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, I, and I found that strange hearing that. You know, it's, it's kind of weird how the, the language should have changed. But yeah. there was a lot of kind of allusions. So you know, people were fairies, or, or they were effeminate or whatever. And it was kind of, it was never. Uh, it was and like, another one, yes, day, isn't it? Yes. Boy and it was often kind of acknowledged with a kind of wink wink nudge nudge type situation, but never explicitly kind of, you know, you are a homosexual, for example. Mm. And I keep referring to gay men because unfortunately I think they were the most sort of visible group of that era, really. Mm. Um, I think certainly as far as kind of popular culture goes or popular society, the idea that someone would be trans or someone would be lesbian was I think was genuinely so far off the radar people just genuinely didn't consider it was a thing mm. and it, 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 it just it, it's almost kind of I, I guess in a certain sense it kind of mirrors how things have gone today it kind of you know gay men tend to get a lot more kind of recognition and they're more visible mm. but in, in a sense it kind of was that way in the 20s it was, it was you know a lot of the songs which I have kind of just talk about gay men and they, they kind of ignore the rest of it right. which I always find really interesting because I think I genuinely think it was a more simpler time mm. and, and not in a kind of you know, this is a good thing, but it it just wasn't on people's radar, mm. which is very strange to think about. You know, yeah.
2: it was in the twenties. Was Berlin the centre of the universe for the LGBTQ
5: community? A, Berlin was a very, very kind of liberal and free place, uh, and certainly that kind of existed until you know, in the mid-1930s when the Nazis started cracking down on things and obviously they saw uh, a lot of what was going on as kind of degeneracy and all that kind of stuff. It was a very, very free, artistic, um, you know, liberal place. But then likewise there were certain places in London where, you know, you could go and, and, you know, enjoy, experiment with your sexuality or your gender and, and be relatively accepted in a kind of nightclub setting. Um, but you would never do that in public. You'd, you'd just be ostracized. Yeah. And it's, it's really sad, you know. Queer people have always existed. You, you kind of think that they start existing in the 1950s or 60s when the protests start happening, but actually they've always existed. They just never talked about it. And there's a whole generation of people who lived and died and, you know, would have probably just had this thought in the back of their minds all the time, really, about what if things were different. Mm-hmm.
0: The Shout Out podcast. Here are
6: baby footsteps.
0: Whoops, we are.
5: Here we
3: are.
1: You have just heard. Let's all be fairies.
2: Is, so, these is, 78 records that you have, mm. um, and they, they seem to be very brittle. 78 yes, 78s are exceptionally brittle. <laughs> you, I remember my nan gave me a load, but they only lasted a week because they all smashed. Yes,
5: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 the very first records I bought, I actually broke um, at Lincoln train station. I remember putting them behind the barriers, and the doors no. open, and, and there was a big crack. And, and then I learned that records are very valuable and, and very delicate. Um, obviously, they are replaceable. It's not like vinyl where it will bend a bit. They They just shatter. Yeah, yeah. Um, They're not really designed to be kind of drops. They will crack. um, As a kind of storage medium, it will last indefinitely, but it has to be looked after. Jonathan, the the cardboard one. Yes, the cardboard one. Now I pulled this out. I've got this with me on the table here. I pulled this out earlier. And um, you were quite amazed by this. So, I've you know, never the seen things. a
2: cardboard record before, which bends and that's incredible. Yeah. So, yeah.
5: Um, so, Let's All Be Fairies that we just heard was printed on a, a label called Durium, yes. and um, Durium was a label that existed in the sort of early 1930s when materials were scarce. And so they, what they did was, it's kind of like an early EP, they would print two songs on one side. So you'd have a cardboard backing and a sort of resin covering, and the, neat, the, the grooves would be really fine, and you'd be able to fit two songs on one side. It's about two and a half minutes long on a, on a 78 record. And they're a lot of fun and I can throw them around and they won't break unlike the the, yeah, unlike rent, the ordinary, which I, I yes. would never ever do especially considering the value of some of them yeah. so how easy
2: is it to find them though? are there loads left over from um, let's say the fairies
5: and the Nancy boys and that is you'd be surprised you, you'd honestly it? be surprised I think everyone's nan and, and great grandparents for example now had 78s and a lot of them have literally sat in sheds or garages or attics and then they people these people die and, and people find them obviously a lot of the, the jazz ones and the good ones are kind of now circulating among collectors and they've all mm. you know, found their way into, into collectors hands but even as late as perhaps the 70s and 80s and, and 90s You could probably go to charity shops and find these things, you know, 50 pence a pound. Um, Most shops don't stock them now because, obviously, they're so delicate and and nobody wants to buy them anymore. Apart from me, (laughs) (laughs) nobody's buying them anymore. So eBay, does a lot on eBay. Obviously, people pay silly money on eBay, which is kind of frustrating. But, um, yeah, they they still exist. You've just got to find them.
2: Was it a time when these records, um, being made by um, gay guys... Were they being listened to by families and being next to them that um, they were talking about?
5: I think it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, one of the singers uh, that I picked out, a guy called Douglas Bing, and uh, he was a very, very popular entertainer of his day, and his act was he would do female impersonations, so there's actually a film of this from, I think, 1930, 31, ah. where um, it's a nightclub, and, and you go to a nightclub, and uh, if we were going out to the 20s or 30th, we'd go to a nightclub, and we'd have maybe a band to Dance to, we'd have some sort of cabaret act, so maybe a contortionist, a juggler, you know, some sort of performing animal, and then maybe some singers, and Douglas Bing was one of these kind of cabaret artists, and he comes out, and he has a tailcoat on, and then he puts a ball gown on top of his tailcoat, and a little wig, and some, you know, some opera glasses, and he was like a female impersonator, and, and he was performing to high society in London, um, not necessarily kind of a family audience but you know, he was performing to, to, to men and women who it would be pretty obvious that he was a gay man but he would never have been allowed to say that publicly yeah, yeah. so if he would come out and said I'm a homosexual man it would be career suicide but he would get away with he's the pantomime dame character, yes. female impersonator, yeah. let's put on a dress. Yeah. And, and he sold records, and people, people bought these records, because right. I, I've, I've got one, on and it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I guess <laughs> it was similar for artists like Liberace, because yes. when
2: I was growing up as a kid, yeah. I didn't know what gay was, yes. and you just thought he was very flamboyant, yes. and did it
5: for the act. It's, everyone kind of, it's a kind of implicit acknowledgement, but never acceptance, mm. And that's what I say, is, is you know, he... People like Liberace and Douglas Bing and whatnot, they had to kind of live their lives in, in the closets in a way. Yes. And, and obviously, it's great that they were able to perform, and, and frankly, kind of seeing a female impersonator act in the 30s, I think, is so revelatory. But in a sense, it's kind of a shame that that's the only way he would have been able to express his sexuality was by sticking a ball gown on and, you know, pretending to be a woman.
2: Yeah, it's,
5: yeah. yeah. It's, it's such a fascinating time and, and, yeah. and it's all good fun yeah, exactly. you know, it's, it's, it's good fun and, and these songs these songs, these things like Let's All Be Fairies and stuff they were never written with malice you mm. know, it, it's not. Well, they sound fun. Yes, they sound fun. Yeah. I know we kind of, kind of look at a title and go, ooh, that's a bit dodgy <laughs> now. But they were written to kind of poke fun at sort of changing yeah. gender roles, and, mm. and, and people consider it a form of entertainment. Mm. You know, it was just a kind of, oh, let's have a bit of a laugh at this. Mm. And it's obvious the singer is, you know, singing in a very kind of camp fashion. It's very obvious that although they're singing about fairies, it's what they're alluding to is, of course, gay men. Yes. It's, it's very, very obvious. Yeah. yeah. And society would have recognised that.
2: Is there a website anywhere that people can get more information? Ooh,
5: interesting. um, just basically search for my name, Jonathan Holmes, in, in YouTube and I should be the top result. And There's a, a channel of 1920s, 30s music from this country, um, more than enough to kind of keep you busy, I think. And uh, my email address is on there as well if you don't want to get in touch and, uh, and say
2: hello. So you must love it, being BBC sound <laughs> recorders, because you have access to some of the greatest stuff around the yes, planet. Yes,
5: don't tell the bosses. Um, <laughs> no, the, the, of course, the, 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 uh, the archive is very, very fascinating and um, it's fun to kind of go through it sometimes and and just sort of enjoy looking at these interviews. And and, um, Douglas, being in particular, uh, he appeared on Parkinson in the the late 70s. And this is very interesting because he'd been performing since 1919, 1920, and here he was well over 50 years later uh, appearing on Parkinson. And he, he, he does one of his acts and he plays this kind of Scottish lady and he comes out with lines like... He talks about this lady in a hotel and he says... You know, I asked for a tartan room and got both and he's like you know it's just kind of like these jokes are sort of they're fun and it's, it's very kind of it's, it's bawdy but it's, it's good natured and, and he was performing until, until the sort of mid 1980s and I found that absolutely fascinating that, that you know, these people were interviewed I guess it's a kind of priceless record of, of that time um, and even in the 70s he didn't talk about his sexuality of course he did he, he was just talking about Appearing in the theatre yeah. and, and what people used to wear in the theatre and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, yeah, you know? Yeah.
2: Well, Jonathan Holmes, we've gone right out of time. And, <laughs> um, they've started to dig up the road, I think, inside the coffee <laughs> shop. So uh, we'll, um, we'll leave it there for now while everyone else, and of course, we'll finish our coffee yes, and of course. Um, your sausage roll and myself. Yes, I, I need and to finish bird. that, yes, fine. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. All right
4: the shout out podcast shout out lgbt radio for
3: you oh
1: wow (laughs) (laughs) i loved that that was brilliant (laughs)
3: <laughs>
5: spectacular
1: music. God, there's some hits in there, wasn't there? Oh yes. So and I like I like what you said about the one in the in the middle of the interview as well. It starts off quite serious and the more he goes. The more, the more he can <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, yeah, um, I don't know wonderful. if you guys fancy starting off normal and getting camper as you go through <laughs> with the news, <laughs> but should we get some news <laughs> nice headlines?
3: Of course. <laughs> Camp ready. <laughs>
4: This is Shout Out News on Thursday the 13th of
3: January. Gay pop star Ollie Alexander, who play, played Richie Tozer in the Russell T Davies and Channel 4 AIDS-era drama It's a Sin, was forced to pull out of the chat show hosted by gay raconteur Graham Norton at the weekend. The singer said on Instagram that he was isolating due to Covid, but that his symptoms were not severe as he was vaccinated and boosted, in his words. Mr Alexander, who has been linked with a future role in Doctor Who, a pro- <coughs> The programme which Russell T Davis takes over in 2023 has dismissed speculation for himself but suggested that Omari Douglas, who played Roscoe in It's a Sin, might make a very good future incarnation of the Doctor, the first from an African background.
4: Radio Caroline reports that it has been 325 years since the last person in Britain was executed for blasphemy. The right to criticise religion is held to be very important by LGBTQIA and feminist groups. At the time, the government prosecution of student Thomas Aikenhead claimed that he maintained in conversation that theology was a rhapsody of ill-invented nonsense patched up partly of the moral doctrines of philosophers and partly of poetical fictions and extravagant chimeras.
3: A GoFundMe page has been set up to support the continued work of Bristol's main anarchist centre, today named Base, but formerly and for many years known as Kibeli, at 14 Robertson Road, a centre for radical politics with services including a weekly vegan cafe, address services, and a bookshop. The centre is run on principles of equality and mutual aid. LGBTQIA freedom has been a key principle around which the centre has been operated. Hit hard by the pandemic the project needs funds to continue being what it says is a not-for-profit space which has contributed so much to bristol's good reputation as a city of radical and progressive politics if you are interested in donating to the work of the centre then follow the link on our news page With nearly
4: a million people signing a petition to government asking the state to reconsider a knighthood awarded to former Prime Minister Tony Blair, a gay Labour MP has clashed with the campaign petition organiser. Pink News reports that Angus Scott, who began the online petition, crossed swords with the Labour MP and Chris Bryant on a television debate programme when Bryant pointed out that Tony Blair had totally modernised Britain's antiquated and homophobic laws when in power. Mr Scott responded by saying that progressive reforms of the Blair era are overshadowed by his support for the US invasion of Iraq in 2003, for which he believes Mr Blair should be able to answer to war crimes tribunals
3: artlist.com reports that intersex curator and artistic creator ella zora is curating an exhibition at cambridge university entitled through a glass darkly unmasking ancient deities and intersex identities displaying masks paintings and vessels from the greco-roman classical period zora hopes to promote a discussion on the continuity of intersex people through time referencing the many gods and goddesses through human history who have had intersex characteristics the event will be attended by some of the world's leading academics and is a major spotlight for intersex people so that they can finally gain equal human rights in the uk law says zora zora has also added that unless the uk government begins to listen to intersex people they will be planning legal action during 2022 The director of a top Disney
4: Pixar movie released last year has said that reading it as a gay romance is one possible way of looking at the portrayal of difference and finding one's place in society. Luca, which hit the screens in June, last year, follows a sea monster who has taken human form and his unfolding friendship with another human sea monster as they travel around the beautiful Italian countryside. Enrico Casarosa, the movie director, now says that he would be happy for LGBTQIA people to read into the film a queer romance. He said, I really felt honoured and I don't like to say yes or no. I can say, well, that's not how we wrote it. It wasn't my experience, but I love that that metaphor
3: is reading in all these different ways. For these new stories and more, check out our website. We update it every day at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Matthew Tosh and Terry Starr.
4: Shout-out news. National and international LGBT news for you. Shout-out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout-out podcast.
1: Oh, no, I like that a lot. That's uh, brand new, that one, isn't it? It's goodbye. Goodbye. I, uh, LP
2: yeah she's just got a new album out mm. She's uh yeah go have a listen is good is it yeah she's a very prolific writer for other people is she mm. I didn't know yeah, that yeah she's like um, like Neil Diamond and Barbara Streisand write yeah. a lot of stuff for others and also sing for themselves mm.
1: yeah, I, can't, I can't remember I think it might have been Ez that I discovered LP throughout. it was Ez yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah she she suggested it and yeah, really yeah. nice track really like that mm. anyway um, shall we carry on our roaring 20s with some queer story?
2: I think so
6: I'm going to be talking to you today about the Roaring Twenties, yes, flappers, sex manuals, and gay liberation. So let's get straight to it. Sarah Pruitt, a writer for History.com, said, On a Friday night in February 1926, a crowd of some 1,500 packed the Renaissance Casino in New York City's Harlem neighbourhood for the 58th Masquerade and Civil Ball of Hamilton Lodge. Nearly half of those attending the event reported the New York Age, how it appeared to be men of the class, generally known as fairies, and many bohemians from the Greenwich Village section who, in their gorgeous evening gowns, wigs and powdered faces, were hard to distinguish from many of the women. The tradition of masquerade and civil balls, more commonly known as drag balls, had begun back in 1869 with Hamilton Lodge, a black fraternal organisation in Harlem. By the mid 20s, at the height of the prohibition era, they were attracting as many 7,000 people of various races and social classes—gay, lesbians, bisexual, trans, and straight alike. What many don't know is that 50 years prior to Stonewall, Harlem's famous drag balls were part of a flourishing, highly visible LGBTQI+ nightlife and culture that would be integrated into mainstream America in the way that become unthinkable in later decades. In the late 19th century, there was an increasingly visible presence of gender nonconforming men who were engaged in sexual relationships with other men in major American cities, says Chad Heap, a professor of American Studies at George Washington University. As the United States entered an era of unprecedented economic growth and prosperity in the years after World War I, cultural mores loosened and a new spirit of sexual freedom reigned. The flapper with her short hair, figure-skimming dresses and ever-present cigarette and cocktail would become the most recognisable symbol of the Roaring Twenties, her fame spreading via the new mass media born during that decade. The term flapper originated in Great Britain, where there was a short fad among young women to wear rubber galoshes, an oversized shoe worn in the rain or snow, left open to flap when they walked, and the name stuck, and throughout the United States and Europe flapper was a name given to liberated young women. And in reality, they enjoyed drinking and smoking when out accompanied and threw away their corsets in favour of the looser, shorter underwear and dresses that allowed their movement needed to dance to the new music of the jazz age. But the 20s also saw the flourishing of LGBT, QI plus nightlife and culture that reached beyond the cities, across the country and into ordinary homes. The, in quotes, pansy craze came to an end. With the end of Prohibition, the onset of the Depression and the coming of World War II, LGBTQI culture and community began to fall out of favour. As Chelsea writes, a backlash began in the 1930s. As part of a wider Depression era, condemnation of the cultural experimentation of the 20s, which many blamed for the economic collapse. The Roaring Twenties were a time of huge upheaval in the world and along with that came social change. World War I changed the social landscape. The vast number of deaths in the battlefield left many families bereaved and gave women in particular by necessity more social power than they'd have previously. We often hear talk of the sexual revolution that took place in the 60s but few are aware of the massive change around sex and sexuality that occurred earlier in the century. Women got the vote. Thanks to the efforts of suffragettes, British women had been given the power to vote in 1918, the first major step on the long road to equality. Women were becoming a force to be reckoned with in society, due in no small part to having kept things going at home, while so many men were away during the Great War. It only became known as World War One after the advent of the Second World War. This shaped the evolving relationship between men and women in the decade to come, and according to encyclopedia.com, Berlin was the place to be. Germany between the wars was a hedonistic place and Berlin was the centre of it all. The sexually liberated and merely violistic forms across Europe flocked to the cities in order to indulge themselves in the hedonistic freedom brought on by the advent of Weimar Republic. Usual social rules went by the wayside, Berlin accepted transvestism, homosexuality and any other sexual freedom a person could think of. Starring Liza Minnelli as Sally Bowles, cabaret is probably the most well-known portrayal of the era. According to Visit Berlin, in the 1920s the scene flourished in Berlin and the city established itself, though with interruptions, as a gay capital. Even though the city was struggling with financial woes after the First World War, a vibrant scene developed mainly in the district of Schomburg and Kreuzburg. The number of bars, clubs, groups and cabarets on offer remains unsurpassed. There were more than a 100 venues just for homosexuals at the time. One of the most famous Berlin residents at the time was Marlene Dutrie, herself fashionably androgynous in a city that prided itself on its unusual residence. Britain had an active gay scene, but it was secretive. Gay culture in Britain was more widespread in the 1920s than stories and films about the period would have you believe. Nowadays, most people would use the term LGBTQI rather than gay. However, gay is the word most often used in contemporary accounts of the time. Dr Mock Holbrook has said at a conference What's remarkable about the 20s and 30s was how open and widespread it was in some places In some circumstances it was very visible and strong and vibrant and rich The very nature of the drag balls means that you only find out about them when the police find out about them Because they were driven by the whole need for secrecy But all the evidence points to these being weekly events Often with 50 to a 100 men present When the police did manage to find these secret clubs, their attitude was typical of the time. In Beautiful Idiots and Brilliant Lunatics, A Sideways Look at 20th Century London by Rob Baker, a police sergeant, Arthur Spencer, from London, is supposed to have written, At 11.45pm I saw two men who I saw enter at 11.30pm leave. They were undoubtedly men of the Nancy type. They walked cuddling one another to Tottenham Court Road where they stood waiting for a bus. I stood close to them and saw their faces were paired and painted and their appearance and manner. Strongly suggested them to be importuners of men. A police constable Gavin also contributed to the report. He wrote I saw from the roof into a bedroom in the basement where two men entered the bedroom. They both undressed and got into bed and the light was put out. I heard them laugh and scream in very effeminate voices. By the post-World War II era, a larger cultural shift toward earlier marriage and suburban living, the advent of TV and the anti-homosexuality crusades championed by Joseph McCarthy, would help push the flowering of gay culture represented by the pansy craze firmly into the nation's rearview mirror drag balls and the spirit of freedom and exuberance they represented never went away entirely but it would be decades before LGBTQI+ plus life would flourish so publicly again and that brings this queer story to an end i hope you've enjoyed it and i'll be back soon
4: information about shout out radio visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt shout out lgbt radio for you the shout out podcast
1: Well, I think Matthew was bobbing along to that one quite well.
4: Oh, <laughs> I remember the original. <laughs> yeah, yes. I do too.
1: <laughs> so, I think, I think Andy, you, you knew... I can't remember who it was, the original.
0: Uh, I don't know who the original was. It was Ozone. The track, I think, was called Dragonosti T. If if I was, dinte,
4: called, and it was, and it was Ozone either was Polish Greek, or
0: yeah. Latvian or Lithuanian um, oh. in origin. But it was two guys stood on top of an aeroplane, very camp, very... Um, well, we thought it
1: was quite quite fitting to follow on from our 1920s music, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> very, yeah. I think yes. get it fit nicely. Very,
2: much
4: very well. So.
3: Very much yeah. so. And what a fascinating um, queer story as well. Mm. It was, isn't it? That put I, and I, it reminded
4: me of a little little story actually uh, about Mar- Marlene Dietrich. Um, I inadvertently stayed in the same hotel room, not the same time as her. I'd like to say because <laughs> 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 different era. Uh, but there's a hotel in, in uh, a place called Southerkrukke in uh, northern I- uh, Iceland. And I just happened to be in the room and they said, You're staying in the same room that Marlene Dietrich is, uh, stayed in. Big selling point for that hotel. I the bet. hotel's Tinderstolk. Other bet. hotels are available. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, that's so. certainly.
4: Yeah. But yeah, that, that's the um, selling
3: point.
1: That's the track we, we were talking about earlier, isn't it? And all the money's going to charity. Tht. Th- yeah. Yes. So. T-H-T. Who will be on oh, the
2: amazing. show in two weeks' time? So the first show in February, we've got Tht. Oh, amazing um, coming on. Excellent. Yeah, because it's HIV
3: testing week. Of course it week. is. Yes, in February as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Do you know I once met one of Terry Higgins' drinking. Friends. Terry Higgins, of course, from where we get the name Terrence Higgins Trust, one of the first people to pass on of AIDS in the United Kingdom. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, I met one of his drinking friends. Oh. Yeah. Well, I just, <laughs> in there, you know. So you
1: didn't meet Terrence Higgins himself, though?
3: No, because I was only nine when. Harry Higgins died. You oh, think. right. Okay. I wasn't out and on the <laughs> scene at nine. <laughs> <laughs> a bit precocious, child, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> that's a bit early, even <laughs> for me. <laughs> 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 no, but absolutely fascinating. And people forget, you know, uh, going back to the queer story, that of course in the 1920s and 30s across Europe there was a huge gay scene, even London, repressive London, but in Paris and Berlin. You know, well um, it's
1: known that before the decriminalisation people didn't really care so much it was when they decriminalised well, homosexuality that it actually became a lot more vilified oh, in,
3: in, in, the, in the 60s mm. in Britain yes you're yes. right actually the c- convictions for gay consenting gay sex went up mm. after 1967 it was almost like the police said okay you're legal in these circumstances but we'll get you for anything else like yeah. soliciting these, I remember so we talked to Peter Tatchell
1: and he did campaigns to stop them doing things yeah, like because yes. because they, they were planting um um, policemen, Pretty the, policemen, yeah. They were called Yeah, yeah. Young yeah.
3: Young Fit Young police. <laughs>
1: Pretty <laughs> For, for the Offence cool. of
3: importuning. Importuning, Yeah
0: Which What does um, that
1: mean Is that what we call costume uh,
0: Well it was the, the, the idea of um, Someone Sort of Wanting to meet For For um, sexual a sexual liaison, yes. but not actually doing it. It's the act of meeting the person oh, or right. trying to yeah. meet the okay. person was importuning So, but I'm
1: sure we have in an entrapment laws in this country. do We we, not? we
0: do, but that wasn't um, swept away. It's all swept yes, away now. But it, it was much different back then. Entrapment wasn't wasn't seen as a big thing back then. Right. A lot of those laws came in much later.
4: Oh. Yeah, it's very devious, though, isn't it? It is very.
1: Well, Peter Tatchell was telling us that they they retaliated by taking photos of young said pretty policemen (laughs) and sharing them around all of the Fly um, posting them yeah. around
3: London yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. uh, and it, it, it had quite a profound effect from what he told us didn't it they, they, got, they got quite up in arms about it but, they did
3: not um, and that stopped the practice actually mm. eventually you know when groups like Outrage and the Lesbian Avengers were, were on the case during the year I love 90s. that Lesbian Avengers what a cool name yes. well they split from Outrage you see Outrage originally the Lesbian Caucus group I can't actually tell you what actually the acronym was but it stood for Lesbians Answer Back in Anger if you think <laughs> about it uh, they split they split from outrage and became the lesbian avengers but the two groups did cooperate throughout their existence and there was also one called the transgender menace as well
0: and there was also the queer liberation front if you go back to um sorry the gay liberation oh fight, yes back where, in the 70s which, is back yeah. in the 70s, which yeah. of course peter thatcher was involved in along with Stuart feathers
3: yeah and uh, a lot of other people such as uh, lisa power and Juno Jones
0: but the
1: 1920s it was like kind of. it was between between the I think it was between the wars. yes when yes, well, we go back I to the sorry.
3: 20s yeah but uh, still closeted in Britain but uh, as we said yeah Paris Berlin you know Berlin means boys said uh, Christopher Isherwood you know in, mm. in, the, yep. in the 1920s and tragically it was all cut short by the Nazi accession to power in Germany in, in 1933 yeah they were quite but
2: vicious weren't they against uh, the gay community yeah one of
3: the sorry, first yeah. victims I mean, the first book burnings but the Nazis carried out were against gay life Libraries mm. in 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 the city, and then they turned their attention to other groups. But yeah, but that's but let's let's stick to the happy side of the twenties, yeah. 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 the 20s, Which were, mean, we were, were talking about
1: off air. You said was actually a result of coming out of World War One. Everyone wanted a party, and um.
3: yeah, and, and as as his um, pod showed as well. Also, a lot of a lot of men had died in the First World War. A lot of men died in the flu pandemic of 1918. Yep. Yes, and true. and uh, yeah. so there was a, a whole generation of young women who were free easy free and single were flappers
2: yes and i learned tonight what flappers came from i I did not know it was a british term for the, the the boot yeah
4: it, it was a term heard. for for what Ste- uh, Steffi?
2: Um, there's a, a um, <coughs> what what did galoshes? The, the galoshes. That's right. They wrap them around, but they, instead of doing them up, they left them loose, and they used to flap and when they walked. Flap, hence flapper, and yeah. uh, yeah. hence flapper. Yeah.
0: See, I always thought it was a, it was about the skirt because the flapper skirt. Yeah, that was, but that was the, what no, I thought as well. Yes. The, the, oh.
2: Yeah, the, because they wore them in the snow in the rain, didn't they? Around yes. the bottom of the uh, the mm. top of the mm. shoe. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm. So. Fascinating. Very interesting. Things isn't isn't you it? learn on this show. Um, it's fashion. We are fashion,
0: fashion isn't
1: it? It's <laughs> like I know some of the things around like the flappers and the did you say they were called Gloshes? You were on about yeah. the white thing that they used to wear over the top of the shoes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um apparently all of that came about because we had white-edged tires. Yes, um, white
0: edged tyres. Yes, More tires. so in
1: America than than we did here. But yeah. because you had that on your tyre they, they then started to mimic it in um in uh, in fashion, yeah. yeah. It's mad the way things like it get
2: affected by things like that yeah. I mean fashion's a really weird thing so um, I wonder who yes. thought that oh we call them flappers because their galoshes are flapping they're not they're not tied up they're loose well
0: no idea you know, right. I mean how
1: did all these things come out so I mean even yes. down to today though I mean I, I think it was in in the news was in the Ali Alexander's um had those people complaining saying he over-sexualized the New Year's Eve broadcast I thought it was brilliant um and he's he's sworn blind to be more um um uh, well dressed did he say it was some, something along those lines anyway um when he's when he's on in future things I'm like good for you yes he's you a va-
3: i think he's a really good role model for young lgbt Q-A, I do too yeah, I think he's yeah. a brilliant
1: singer as well I don't know if you've yeah, heard yeah, him yeah. say yeah, he is, he is he's yeah, he's very yeah, talented. talented well he's a good so actor as well yeah well we never know he might be Doctor Who oh he's denied it he's denied <laughs> yeah. it but he has suggested Omari
3: uh, Douglas that would be <laughs> yeah. fabulous one choice as well indeed anyway um, uh,
1: anyway that's it for this week's uh, Fairy Flavoured Show <laughs>
2: <laughs> check out our website and catch up with our podcast at shoutoutradio.lgbt uh,
1: next week rank homophobia uh, want to join us for Mm. Uh, until then though have a very gay week from uh, myself Steph from Andy from (laughs) Terry and the lovely Matthew say bye bye everyone (laughs) bye 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 bye
4: (laughs) shout out
0: LGBT radio for you